you need to inspire people you don't even know to give you ideas you don't have. Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Mind Machines and the Gradient Descent. Thanks for tuning in to our geeky podcast to discuss the fascinating field of AI and machine learning, corporate craziness, passion for technology and the role of humans. We are Uli and Abri, your hosts for this episode, and we're extremely grateful and happy for the special genius mind on our show today. He is passionate and positive, enthusiastic and open-minded, encouraging and courageous. And I'm talking about the one and only Matthias Reuter, the Senior Vice President, Global Head of Leadership Excellence at Siemens. His major focus lies on the development of our leaders. What a huge responsibility to have. And in this regard, he's a strong advocate of the dynamic view on leadership. And what that is all about, we will touch upon in a few minutes. His mission is to shape a culture that promotes empowerment and democratizes access towards continuous learning and development. So a culture where having a growth mindset is somewhat mainstream. We cannot wait to listen, learn and grow with you. So let's kick off this episode right now. So Matthias, it's fantastic to have you on the show. And I guess we should start with an easy one. So do you have any hacks or recommendation that bring you through the icy and cold winter season? So first, thank you very much, Aubrey and Uli, for having me, for inviting me. Um, you really do fantastic work, and I'm glad to know you're already for a while as thought leaders for AI and other highly relevant topics. So happy being here and looking forward to this conversation. Um, so, Aubrey, yeah, um, actually, I really like the wintertime, so especially the sunny, snowy days in the mountains. Um, so that brings me the energy I need. And, um, yeah, little little tricks of what I'm doing or what works for me well. Actually, I changed during the pandemic my um, um, my my uh, gym membership uh, into, into a companion, into an app. It's called Seven. It's little mm -hmm. seven-minute exercises. You can build in quite flexible into your daily schedule and you're just working with your body weight. So that gives me the energy and that works quite well for me. Oh, nice. All right. Sizing the world. Here, cool. Hey, um, this seems to be, you know, so, somehow life, right, is, is about shaping the future, maybe also a future of organization, but it's also staying happy, right? What does happiness actually mean to you? So happiness... Um, <laughs> You know, it's um, it's it's a big word. I, I think in in the days that we are in, and in the times that we are in, you know, uh, keeping the balance between um, you know striving for transforming, striving for progress, while also you know keeping your your personal balance. I think this is one of the also basic principles in our leadership development. That it's yeah. At the end of the day, it starts. It all starts with yourself. Um, and if you can lead yourself, then you're probably also capable of leading others. So happiness, you know, is for me um, really creating positive change and 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 and, and staying in balance. 
Yeah, nice. And you said already, right? Uh, you know, it's it's about lead leadership and leading. Um, you are actually leading leadership. Which sounds like super pretty nice and fancy, honest, right? Um, but somehow also not tangible, right? So what's what's the major purpose behind behind your role and what makes you right to to drive it for quite some time, right? You are you're with the company quite some while, Yeah, I'm 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 around for for quite a while and. Uh, Actually, you know, looking back at my own journey, um, it's now, you know, looking back looks completely logical um, that I'm now leading, um, you know, that uh, leadership excellence team, which is actually very enriching uh, to work with that fantastic team and the many inspiring leaders we have at Siemens. Um, so it's it's really a great honor also for me. And I, I guess it's not an exaggeration to say that Siemens is undergoing the biggest transformation in history. Um, so what's happening is really huge. And, um, you know, by combining the real and digital worlds, we're transforming entire industries. And what makes it so exciting that people are at the core of this transformation, I think um, I can't imagine a more exciting time to work in people and organization and especially uh, the field that I'm in, uh, in leadership development, as our leaders are key to successful transformation. So leadership is more than ever. Good leadership is needed more than ever in these times of unprecedented change. And yeah, that's our contribution. So we, we are providing, you know, as SLE, as Siemens Leadership Excellence, the support to our leaders to build the necessary capabilities. It's actually, you know, it's like, you know, training a muscle. Uh, it will probably never end. This is an ongoing exercise um, to, to, to get a better leader. It's a journey and not a destination. And there we help building those capabilities, but also the trusted networks. I think those, uh, those horizontal networks throughout the company um, that really help our leaders and their teams to make the transformation happen. And what does it mean, develop leaders then? Is that, you know, I guess uh, I, I've seen weird, I've seen super inspiring, mm -hmm. I've seen somebody, well, every, I guess everybody has their own operating systems. It's, you know, how do you, how do you make that work, right? Yeah. So, it, it, yes, indeed, it's, it's, of course, a highly, you know, individual um, development that is taking place and leadership always happens also in a certain context um, mm. in, in in a certain business situation now just looking you know at the last two years um, the unprecedented change uh, that is probably not predictable you know the things that we were were seeing that are happening so it's really about training that muscle also that adaptive capacity to cope with this kind of situations. You were asking you know, about happiness. So probably mm. not all the time about being happy, but, but really handling those situations, right? And indeed, um, this is why, you know, we, we don't believe in the perfect leader that you can, you know, put into a grid of 10 times 10 uh, dimensions um, and, and, and then uh, measure... Uh, the perfect leader, the general manager that can probably lead each and every business. Um, I think in the, in the let me say, business world that we are in and in the context and the various different contexts, um, it's really about a more dynamic view on mm -hmm. individual leadership styles and, of course, then also 
very much anchored and based with all the individuality on the shared strategic priorities, on that common cohesive core uh, that gives you also that sense of belonging um, uh, within Siemens, which I encounter a very, very strong element. Um, and yeah, playing with this, I think this is uh, based on this, we are then providing and building the platforms um, to develop our leaders. There's a logic behind, um, it's, it's, we call it a round triangle. As I mentioned before, it starts with leading self, um, with self-leadership. Mm -hmm. um, it's about leading others, leading people, leading teams, leading organizations. And then it's about leading business. And all of this is happening in a certain context. This is the round part of the triangle, so to speak. And this guides us through our development measures. That's a very exciting way to put it. I've never heard about the round triangle, but it makes a lot of sense. You mentioned that leaders are um, different um, and we came across the term talent journey. And with all of your experience, we would uh, be really keen to better understand your perspective. How do you really picture a good talent journey? Is it really tailored to each and every leader in the end? Mm -hmm. Maybe let's first shed some light on the term of, of, of talent. So um, we, we are usually using talent for, for a person or a group with a special ability to do something well, really well. And uh, so in this understanding, everyone can be a talent kind of. Uh, yet in the context of people and organization, we are usually talking about next-gen talent. So... This is also the focus that we have um, in Siemens Leadership Excellence. So we are taking care of our current top leaders incumbents on their um, continuous development. Mm -hmm. Yet the main focus is then on uh, our so-called pipeline talent. Um, so um, the, the succession candidates for, for our board scope. And um, those are the future leaders, you know, that are taking over um, the, the, the greater exposure and, and, and more responsibility under uncertainty. So it's about the ability and the will. And that's, that's for me actually in essence when, um, when we're talking about talent, that's my understanding of talent. And um, my understanding of a modern talent journey actually encamp uh, encompasses the employee parts over the course of their time within an organization. So it really includes everything from already, you know, the first, very first touch points with the company, then the hiring, which is already a, a decisive moment, the whole onboarding process, and of course, the continuous learning and development, which is crucial, um, as well as the career progression and, and even the departure. So this is the entire journey. And I guess managers play a vital role in this. This is also what we are um, um, you know, when, when we are working uh, with our leaders, um, we would like to create the awareness that there are really moments along those journey that matter a lot and they make a huge difference in the perception if the leadership or and, and the leader is perceived as helpful or not so helpful. And they were actually currently doing very interesting research, um, digging deep into the data that we have um, about um, the employee perspective, but also the leader perspective and identifying the moments that matter most in leadership from a talent journey perspective. And, um, you know, there are also some 
surprising facts, maybe some very logical ones uh, that are that are resulting out of that um, out of that analysis. I'm curious to hear what what are these aha moments you you saw you know moments. What what can you share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, so probably. Um, that could be an issue for a deep dive in another podcast. <laughs> but uh, to to, um, to to give you an, an idea, um, um, for, for example, um, there the the perception of the um, employees if the leader supporting their their growth um, and their performance if they're really willing um, to understand, let me say, the change barriers. Um, or maybe the call them the saboteurs, yeah, that keep us from growing or that keep us individually from growing, and and having this kind of transformational dialogues, yeah, um, with your with your people, um, of course, if they want to, if they are open for it, uh, but if you mm -hmm. create that atmosphere as a leader, um, that there is space to to talk about those things and 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 to look into those topics. Uh, then it makes a huge, a huge difference on the perception. Um, another, another element is, for example, uh, the the connect to um, the strategic rational, the strategic targets of the company, but also of the team. So, is there an open dialogue about, hey, what what is our mission here? What is our license to operate? Uh, what do we want to achieve here together? Um, and not only the why and the what, but also the how. So how are we working together here? And then having that open open dialogue about it makes a fundamental difference if people really realize that connect from what they do to the overall um, strategic um, objectives of the team and of the company. Makes a major difference also, again, in the perception um, of the leadership, um, which is really uh, which is really interesting. And um, but then also very, you know, not obvious, but, you know, the moment when someone's coming back from, from, um, from illness, for example, um, joining again the team. So how, how is the leader addressing that kind of situation? And you can see, and the fascinating thing is, Uli, you, that you can see it in the data. And this also helps sometimes, especially, you know, our engineers, if we are talking mm -hmm. about this, maybe not so tangible, soft topics, that it really also makes a difference at the end of. In uh, usually we are then you know measuring that um, people promoter score, um, mm -hmm. but um, you can see also in other dimensions um, that uh, it's it's making a difference, and and that is then also part of of the story that we need to care more about those people centric. Mm -hmm. um, let me say topics as leaders. I just curious. Uh, so th that means um, so uh, love love the notion you know of measuring soft skills and and seeing you know how do we get the feedback promoters call right NPS right yes sure uh, how do you get how do you, is that interview based then apart from that promoters call is it like interview based that you talk to and collect uh, comments from employees about their shared experience with leadership mm -hmm. um, yeah 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 so it's it's a combined approach um, mm -hmm. so first we were digging in the data we have um, mm -hmm. especially in the SKS data and trying to so the uh, uh, engagement survey exactly um, the, Siemens performs, the, yeah? the, okay. the Siemens engagement survey yeah and into the details mm -hmm. um, and there you can see already uh, let me say um, Certain you you get already certain insights, 
Um, and then for the time being, because we're just, you know, in the process of building up a model, because we would like mm. to do that in a more systematic way now also going forward. And this goes beyond the pure engagement survey. So it's probably mm. then also a, um, um, a survey that we will conduct um, with our leaders um, and their teams uh, in a more specific way. Um, we realized that especially, for example, if you look at, at, at also the career transitions that matter most mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. for the um, person individually, but also for the team, um, that uh, the transition from, um, you know, individual contributor uh, to first-time leader um, is, a, is a very decisive one. And this mm -hmm. will be our starting point. So we're really starting niche. Uh, we are always thinking, you know, where could we probably um, make the greatest impact? Um, and um, this is definitely a situation uh, that you can see also from external data, but also from our internal data, that this transition um, is a major one. And this uh, was under, you know, then also um, we, we, were, we were doing interviews um, as additional um, sources then, mm -hmm. uh, talking with first-time leaders, but also more experienced mm -hmm. ones, um, as well as um, with the P&O colleagues uh, that accompany our leaders very closely, um, as well as, course, of course, also with the teams, um, how they perceive it. So it's a combined approach. No, that's a good signal, actually. You know, folks out there, I don't know, in your corporate programs, right? Uh, take part of the, you know, engagement surveys, whatever Absolutely. format this runs in your, right? Yeah. Your your voice is heard, it seems to be. At least uh, track down the data <laughs> and maybe come with a better, you know, thought leadership. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of thought leadership, right, as a bit of the definition of a strategy to shape, promote, and own topics, which has a bit of a great societal relevancy, right? In, in our current times with speed and uncertainty is, you know, is becoming more and more prevalent to us, right? It's obviously also important to somehow, you know, be aware of, you know, what trends and topics are of relevance to that in the future, right? In order to engage with the, with obviously with clients and, and customers, but also with employees, right? And, and to approach future-oriented, let's say, you know, markets and be a, stay relevant there. Mm -hmm. But how do, you, how do you come up with, you know, those topics and or original thoughts? And how do you make that tie into the, you know, thought leadership scenarios, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're... Um, You're addressing a very important topic here. I think it really makes a fundamental difference. You remember maybe, Uli, the, the discussion we had recently about um, working and leading in so-called business ecosystems. Mm -hmm. um, a, a big buzzword uh, at, at, at the time uh, that we are that, that is currently used in, 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 in various occasions, but we were really digging deep. What are the fundamental differences that we see mm -hmm. um, if we really take that serious, um, that this is, um, you know, a, a driving force for our competitiveness going forward. And there we, we came up with a few, um, um, you know, f of those fundamental differences when you look in, in how are we working together and how are we managing um, uh, this uh, this kind of this kind of ecosystems and one thing is um, that we need need to shift the focus to the outside of the firm um, and um, f for for various for various reasons um, 
Um, I think with, with the fast, you know, changing environment that we are in, um, I think uh, being too internally focused um, um, is really a challenge. So you, you need to, you, also as a leader, you, you really need to, um, you know, reach out. Uh, you, you need to be aware of what's happening around us. And actually also with the dynamics um, that we see um, in the fast scaling uh, driven by technology, uh, probably also from a resource perspective. So if, uh, again, uh, you know, uh, take my uh, P&O classes on, uh, we need different forms um, of collaboration and, and, and different forms also of, um, um, of work. Um, so um, theoretically, you have unlimited resources out there, you know, uh, to scale mm -hmm. very quickly. And if you think about examples like Mendix or so, a uh, low-code mm -hmm. application platform where we have uh, thousands of developers on the platform, huge potential. Yeah, um, Probably mm -hmm. you can't do this on your own within the company. So reaching out, mm -hmm. shifting focus to the outside of the firm. And when it comes to thought leadership, I think a, a crucial task, and this is really a fundamental shift, um, you need to inspire your ecosystem. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, if, I'm not sure if you if you have heard once uh, the expression from me, and uh, I really like that one that you need to inspire people you don't even know to give you ideas you don't have, and 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 <laughs> yeah, that's a fundamental true. different logic. Mm -hmm. So usually mm -hmm. we we are trying to have you know um, our value chains everything under control, which is of course important. Yet for the next level of value creation. Um, really, if, if you can't even define the problem already to its full extent, um, reaching out to people, um, <laughs> moving very quickly in iterations, learning fast forward together and having that collaborative mindset, you know, um, to make that work uh, with people that you have that you don't know before. Um, it's, it's really very different. And um, I think therefore thought leadership um, is is key um if you if you define it as um you know it has been described as an individual or a firm that is recognized as an authority in a specific field um mm -hmm. i think thinking about what are those fields as a company but also as an individual sometimes we see this also very clearly um people trust people more than they than they trust firms um, so that individualization and also the, the building of trust, which is, again, then also the basis for uh, next level of value creation, um, has a lot to do with that kind of thought leadership and um, not only the expertise, but also the reach. I think it's a combination because if you only have the expertise, but nobody knows it, uh, mm -hmm. probably won't help. But if you have the expertise and if you're open to share, um, you know, and play with all these new possibilities that we have, um, um, then this can be very powerful and actually really a leadership task. Matthias, that was super interesting. I also liked um, your little quote out there that you have to inspire others um, that you don't even know to get um, ideas um, that you haven't thought about. But um, if we would like take that further, Do you think um, maybe AI could be the better thought leader or at least um, like a companion or something that could um, support you in coming up um, 
with new things in identifying those patterns because in the end it's really about connecting the dots yeah. like bringing together different fields of expertise or also identifying in which direction you have to go yeah yeah so <laughs> that's an interesting question i just um you know in gpt3 uh you you know that much better than i do um I just recently read an article that, um, you know, 50% of people can't divide between, you know, machine and human written article, uh, mm. which is really amazing. So the speed of development that we see currently um, is, is, is tremendous. Um, and if we see, um, you know, um, also the exponential growth um, of computing power. So uh, probably we are, we are still pretty much at the starting point. Yet I would say probably not better, yet thought leaders can harness the power of artificial intelligence. And to, to create you know, compelling content that provides engaging and valuable insights. So I think as a, as a companion, really, machine plus human, um, mm -hmm. in, in, a, in a close collaboration, this can be a very powerful combination. And I think there... Um, harnessing, you know, the best that you can get um, and maybe then also releasing yourself from some of the more repetitive tasks um, that are maybe not so strategic or important. Um, and of course, getting, um, y you know, um, additional perspectives and as you said, Arbery, maybe even ideas that you uh, didn't have before um could be from other people could be of course also from uh from ai so um yeah since you can use the time more efficiently i think it, it really offers space to allocate the new resources more efficiently and 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 then maybe take the time you know to help employees gain the new skills and and really live um your thought leadership um and um, get this the best support that you can get from uh, from ai Yeah, totally. I think it would be super um, interesting to have a little experiment on that. Um, yeah, try to get some input from yeah. from um, AI and then um, see how you can really augment the human capabilities in that way. And actually, we, we there, there was even uh, different projects involved. So um, I, I recall that um, we we made a project um, together in terms of mining all the different literatures, science articles, patterns, stuff like that, in order to predict, you know, uprising topics, mm -hmm. emerging mm -hmm. topics, right? That's uh, of significance to that. Yeah. I've seen also first experiments, I think, with an automotive company together, um, let's say, where um, uh, using all the Star Wars and Star Trek, mm -hmm. you know, sci scientific mm -hmm. <laughs> literatures, in order to, you know, come up with technology technology component which seemed back in the days outrageous um, but and you know not doable but converge now with the development of the speed in terms of um, you know of doable you know thinking of additive manufacturing yeah. for certain kinds of aspects footprints and stuff like that so I think you know identifying pattern and bringing structure uh, in in this you know crazy speedy world is something where technology can augment wisely, uh, as, as you said actually Absolutely. wisely um, combined together. Yeah, Fasc fascinating. Also, you know, opening up you know new horizons. Probably the only you know limitation is our own imagination, 
And and if you if you find ways, you know, to change these uh, perspectives, and if AI can help to even maybe visualize um, part of that mm -hmm. potential scenarios or future, um, um, I think that can be a great source of inspiration. Like nowadays, it's a lot about learning and growing and developing. And that's also, um, as I understood it, at the core of what you're doing. Um, and with that, what comes along is also, also the growth mindset. And that's also one of Siemens' key strategic pillars. Can you maybe quickly explain to us what a growth mindset actually looks like and um, how its promotion is actually reflected in your day-to-day -day work? Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's really a topic very close to my heart, um, as you can imagine. Um, and I, I think um, it's, it's also really, really, really cool that this is part of our strategic priorities, that we have um, customer impact, technology with purpose, and um, empowered people as well as growth mindset. Um, so, um, you know, having those four um, reflecting really that this transformation is also a people transformation and um, that growth mindset is a key pillar in that, um, I think is a, is a, is a great, great signal that the board is also sending from the very beginning, um, the Siemens board is sending from the very beginning as a, as a strong signal. So what, what does it mean? Um, so in essence, growth mindset is to believe that human abilities and qualities can change. Sounds simple. Mm. Yet for, let, let, let it sink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yet for, for many years, and actually I also in my own PhD, I, I did research uh, in that area, um, that in the organizational context, there was the belief for many years that um, actually this kind of traits are really hard to change, that they are rather stable. And um, Carol Drake, a Stanford professor, actually did extensive research also in the field, starting actually um, um, in education uh, with kids. And mm -hmm. some, I would say really, actually, if you look at it, very obvious um, insights, yet also super interesting. And, and this research was then also broadened to the organizational context where now in the meanwhile, a lot of data um, is available and you can see clearly that companies and individuals with a growth mindset perform better, they are more innovative and interestingly, they're also perceived as more trustworthy. So as an organization, it's obviously important to think about the concept And, and, and strategies how to nurture it. And I think to make it a bit, a bit more, you know, transparent or, or clear, um, I think it's, 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 it's uh, quite good to work also with the opposites. The opposite of a growth mindset would be a fixed mindset. And that, that always, uh, for many people, it sounds so bad, oh, I'm in a fixed mindset. Um, I think as human beings, we tend to be in a fixed mindset as we are trained to avoid 
risks in order to survive. That is quite deeply ingrained in our genes. <laughs> um, so there is nothing bad about it, yet we need to be conscious about our beliefs on abilities and qualities that keep us from growing. So uh, maybe let me let me give you an example. Um, if now, if in, in related to my profession, if I would have the belief that only experienced leaders can be good leaders, I would have probably a fixed mindset regarding leadership. Mm. Probably I myself would have never become a leader due to this belief. Um, so um, if you think, yeah, no, actually experience is needed. Um, then you would probably not, you, you know, not get started with it. So it's about believing in one's own abilities, and actually also how we how we treat failure. It's it, failure is not punished, yet an opportunity to learn. So we really turn this into an opportunity, and mm -hmm. therefore, because it's sometimes, um, especially um, that that discussion about failure and how we treat failure is is also confusing sometimes, especially in the organizational context our business leaders, it helps mm -hmm. a lot to differentiate two concepts. Um, we know actually also from top sports. Um, and there it's an integral part of the profession. Um, so you're differentiating between the so-called performance zone and the so-called learning zone. Think about, for example, Roger Federer would be, you know, now Wimbledon final fifth set playing the tiebreak, probably not the right time to experiment. To, he will probably not, you know, try now a new slice or, 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 or pick a new record or, or change his shoes or whatever, try something new. Um, it's really about winning the tournament. He's clearly and deeply in the performance zone. Um, so probably then really just sticking to the repertoire, uh, which he has mastered so far and, and, but yet, directly after the match, he will analyze and further, you know, w with the coach, with the help of the coach, analyze all the situations um, at the critical moments. And then they will start further experimenting, you know, with different material, with different methodologies, techniques, new ways of deliberate practice to even increase the future performance. And this is the learning zone. And I think there we sometimes need to differentiate and also then in the organizational context really frame that right as leaders. Um, that we create those spaces where we can learn, where we can try out new things, where we decrease the risk that we are taking by, for example, working in, in a, starting in a niche, starting small, um, moving quickly in iterations, having uh, short uh, feedback loops and, and learning mm -hmm. fast forward. Um, which is probably different than if you are, you know, you have an existing service contract um, or a project contract where you need to nail uh, the, the milestone. And, and then mm. you will probably stick to the repertoire. You won't start experimenting or try out new things. But you need to communicate that well. And as a leader, you need to make clear where are we now and, and what is actually the intent so creating the systems, framing it right, creating the systems and habits, and also then mo modeling the learning so that, that you also show yourself that you're using th those kind of techniques, that you really listen well to your people, how it's landing with them, but that you share also your own learnings. 
And I think that's, um, if you look at, at growth mindset, it's really about the belief that abilities and qualities can change. It's the opposite of a fixed mindset. It's really about seeing the, the opportunities. It's about believing in your ability to grow. And mm -hmm. it's about, you know, creating the right framing system and habits and model the learning to really, yeah, scale this kind of thinking, so to speak. And that's, that's a huge task, actually. Uh, we, we, I think we are on the way and we see a lot of good examples. But you can, I can tell from my own experience, of course, it's sometimes hard if you're, you know, deep in the, you know, in the performance zone or whatever, that you still yeah, keep that, that is, mind. Yeah. <laughs> that is what, what, yeah, that is what, what I actually, you know, it's, it's, it's easy said. It's uh, awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that. Right. And it's easy said, but it needs to be super tricky in organization, you know, being to, to embed this kinds of culture. Right. Um, that's 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 not easy in software terms, right? We 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 have the concept of beta, yeah, right? Yeah. Being beta mode, right? And I think our our operating system as a human needs to say actually we are in constant beta yeah. <laughs> releases, right? <laughs> so having a feature stack and you know embed that, right? And we'll 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 never finish, and we are in, in always in beta mode, and we do inject certain kinds of features in there or the capabilities, develop that and test it out and and adopt, you know. Um, and our application is always changing. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, Lee, I think it's also a certain choice that you have to make. I I sometimes mm -hmm. say you know. Trust by default and assume mm -hmm. good intent. You know, and, yeah. and, and usually in every silly idea, you will find the 10% that mm -hmm. are interesting if you want to. And then you yeah. can build on that. And um, I think that's it's really so hard with all, let me say, especially for our leaders. It's really a lot that we are asking for. Um, We are all KPI driven and so on. We know that, um, you know, yeah. working on a quarter and so on. Um, yet it's those little things that make the huge difference. Um, how you respond in certain situation, um, how you, you know, um, also react with a, with, 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 with a interest, with, with curiosity, with, with a certain empathy for the topics. And this makes, This makes a huge difference. I think not not only in professional life, also in personal life. <laughs> But I wonder, right? So leaders and, and, you know, if you have responsibilities, what are people, budget, you know, uh, tasks, uh, whatsoever, right? How do you foster such a, you know, continuous learning, being open about that, you know? Um, in other startups or the outside the world or the young generation, right? They, they write in their CVs, you know, I had 10 failed startups. And this is a reference, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, 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 you know, they will ask for feedback, right? On the other side, obviously, you know, if you're an established leader and you're good in your job, it's you, you're good in operationalizing yeah. and optimizing certain kinds of aspects. And obviously, there's, there was a nice saying, actually, you know, that executive boards are actually pretty lonely, mm -hmm. right? Because everybody's picking on them and they need to show strengths, right? Yeah. And uh, they need to show they, they will not fail, right? How do you inhale, right, this... Uh, This, this way of thinking, you know, it's okay to say, I don't know, right? It's okay that, you know, give me feedback, right? Um, you know, open on uncertainty, right? Um, on such, you know, they have to be often very powerful and, you know, strong elbow, you know, to, to, you know, fight for budgets or fight for, 
you know, attention, stuff like that. How do you inhale that? What what instruments is that? It's trainings? Is it interaction? How do you how do you make that work? That you know, continuous learning. Yeah. So, um, I think um, as as a now again from the from the leader perspective, but holds true probably for for everybody. Um, I think. But 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 all the changes around us. It's first of all also a very the very strategic question: What is my value contribution? And to be very clear about it. And um, you know, talking about ecosystems, um, you know, um, what what is really the the core transaction? <laughs> Um, what is the core tra contribution? You know that also from the software world, you know, mm -hmm. that, 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 yeah, that, that yeah. we need to be clear, okay, what is that? And I think this is already, of course, this is also um, changing, yet it, it needs that discussion and that conversation that you can create that confidence that is needed in that uncertain environment and say that you can stand there and say, hey, this is my story. This is, this is the contribution. And not only the what, but also the why, that you have a very clear story in mind. And I think th this is on the one hand side the confidence that you need. But it should not come across, you know, arrogant that you say, yeah, I, I have the superpower here and I know it all. No, not, not at all. <laughs> of course, there are also, if we are entering uncharted territory, who are we to know it all? So um, I think it's super important that we also admit that there are things that we don't know. And I think this can come across very confident. Um, but, you know, not in a way uh, that you say, that you panic and say, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do anything, but do something. But then say, no, you know, we don't know exactly. Um, I, I, you don't know. I don't know either. So. Uh, you know, uh, let let's seek for a, uh, let's seek for a, um, pull together a little little cross-functional team. Um, talk talk with the customer about what really the problem is. Let's try to figure it out and start with the first iteration, clarifying what it could be. Mm -hmm. So, what do you need for that? How can I help you? So, mm -hmm. um, giving that kind of support to um, create also the confidence for your people that they start really exploring the unknown. And of course, it, it, this can fail, um, but it's then not, you know, an uncalculated huge bet that we are starting, but we are starting small and then, you know, um, think when, when, when the things work, we, we scale quickly. And probably there is also a different, let me say, then competence is needed. As you say, I think it can be a very good combination to have that, you know, explorational mode and together with colleagues that are capable to operationalize. But if the ones are not listening to the others and the ones that are, op are good in operationalizing say, hey, oh, silly idea, I've already heard it 10 times, <laughs> go away with that, mm -hmm. yeah? That's mm -hmm. probably not the kind of mindset that we. Maybe we need to listen to it eleventh time, yeah, and mm -hmm. and and think behind what could it really be? What are the ten percent that we can build on? And this is I call positive intelligence, and th this is what we need uh, in order to really explore the new. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a cool term. And moving from positive intelligence to artificial intelligence, maybe a little more, um, because uh, Matthias, one of um, your missions is also to kind of shape the digital future. And now we can really see the ubi ubiquity of technological progress. It's like everywhere. And I guess you can also um, observe it in your day-to-day -day work. And in this podcast, we're like a lot also into quotes. And um, I would like to add a little um, quote to this question as well. So uh, it's from Paul Daughtert. And he said, AI won't hit us in one big bump. It will arrive in a thousand little things. AI will be like a spreadsheet in five years time. We won't be able to comprehend that there was a world without it. And that's huge. And what's like your view on the impact of AI technology. Um, did you have like an aha moment for yourself where you found that, found that AI will, will have a way larger impact on the organization, on your day-to-day -day work mm -hmm. than you maybe thought before? Hmm. I, I really like that quote. Uh, I think there is a lot of truth in it, um, that it, that it's arriving in a thousand little things. And I think AI is, Is, is definitely a tr transformative technology. So cutting edge of computing today is artificial intelligence. So, so, so my, let me say, simple understanding, I think there is no, or I, at least I don't see an agreement on a common definition. Yet in, in simplest terms, I would say H H I, uh, AI stands for, you, you, you know, intelligence, of systems or machines that mimic human intelligence to perform tasks and iteratively improve. So they start more or less computers starting thinking and learning. And we see this in our, you know, in our day-to-day -day life. Um, it's, it's, it's all around us. Um, it's already happening with, with your Netflix, with your Spotify account, with shopping on Amazon, with autonomous driving cars, um, mm. doing translations on people um, and so on and so on. We know all those examples. So it's already delighting and helping us a lot um, to, um, to, to, to improve actually our quality of living uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. With the availability of data and the exponential growth of computing power, I just read an article uh, that it's already, you know, Moose, Moose Law is, <laughs> is is already outdated. So we have now doubling every 3.5 months um, mm. approximately. Yeah. So it, 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 it really has the potential to make every process, especially operational task, um, yet, yet also strategic decisions easier, more efficient and effective. So a huge impact, if you ask me. Yeah, nice one. So future centric. Speaking of future, right? Matthias, your team and you have been always leaping, you know, a lot of digitrends and in, inhaling that to the, you know, excellent trainings, interaction formats and, and, and thought leadership formats, right? Impact of AI, IoT, cyber years ago with the applying digitalization to business, you know, the notion of network effects. Uh, again, you know, pivotal role of how to scale business ecosystems also with AI, right? Um, in the topic so looking now forward what's coming next can you already give us on the audience out there a bit of a sneak preview what what will be the next impactful you know topic you you want to shape and stimulate for the next generation of leaders uh, yeah so um 
actually a very exciting one and also very close to my heart already for for many years uh, um, is is actually the topic of of sustainability Uh, again a huge one um, yet with the unprecedented speed of change and the developments around us on the global level we see tremendous and transformational impact through sustainability i think there is there there is agreement on that Um, yet we are talking and working on the topic for at least already probably 15 years Um, so why now what's the what's what's really the difference and exactly as you say uli um, it's not new yet now driven through digital technologies, through AI, through machine learning, we have the platforms, we have the data, we have the tools, mm-hmm. we have to, we can lift the potential in a much more targeted manner. And if you just mm-hmm. imagine what could be possible, um, mm-hmm. um, also in really creating a, a, a better planet at the end of the day, doing good, um, uh, tremendous business potential at the time, um, and, and combining this, um, I think, is a very attractive, um, is, is a very attractive vision and, and, and outlook into, into the future. And so, um, I think um, we, we really need to take care of our core capabilities, um, and that we are not get, that they are not getting core obstacles, you know, driving us out of the business, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. There are many radical shifts that probably need to be taken, and and the innovation around, for example, circular business models. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. this will define our license to operate, and it's it's a fundamental shift in understanding, and 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 also the mindset that is needed. Let me give you three very concrete key enablers, but we are also at a starting point. I think in in probably three to four months from now, we can be even more precise also about what what are really the f- the fundamental differences. Mm-hmm. But what we mm-hmm. see is that transparency is key. Yeah, if mm-hmm. only if you can calculate, you know, the carbon um, footprint mm-hmm. or resource footprint of your product, then you can compare it to the competitors and measure the savings generated by using the Siemens products. Um, so we're, we were recently talking about. So I think one thing is really the, the transparency. Then, then having also more and more customers looking at holistic solutions, um, um, and and then of course the respective um, you know linked bi- circular business models related to that that uh, addressing their sustainability challenges, and it includes mm-hmm. then products from several businesses, maybe even partners. Um, as well as the advisory services. So it's a combination. It's an entire solution that is then um, producing the respected outcome that they reduce their CO2 footprint or carbon footprint. And this requires significant upskilling of our teams to speak the customer language and especially how we manage then also these ecosystems because the system change can only happen in those ecosystems of vertical partnerships. Um, think about, for example, Catena X. I'm not sure if you know that uh, that example, mm-hmm. uh, where BMW or the automotive industry transforming into the sustainability mobility, a sustainable mobility company. Yeah, and um, Catena X now the first integrated open data ecosystem. So they are all you know joining with their data along the entire mm-hmm. value chain, and then I call it radical digital collaboration. Um, so it, on based on on high level of of transparency uh, based on data, 
you can then define clearly, okay, what is the various value contribution of each and every party and how can we make it, you know, all together, how can we grow the cake all together and how can we make it more sustainable mm -hmm. and better? And this radical collaboration, how I call it, also on a leadership level and, and you know, handling the trade-offs that come along with it, it's so tough decisions. You know, how much, how far can I open up? Do I, do I have to let go of or are there still control points that I have? Um, can I protect a certain competitive, let me say, advantage or is the advantage now resulting from new sources? So it's a highly strategic questions. And I think there are a lot of training and, and capability building is needed. So I'm very much looking forward uh, to this to this challenge and, and, and yeah, to lift it uh, to the next level. Yeah, that's that's awesome, right? Business for good is good business if you embrace radical collaboration. How cool is that? I'm looking forward to whatever comes out in a couple of months here. Absolutely. Yeah, and there are huge uh, challenges ahead, but also with the potential for huge impact also for our future if we work together and if we dare um, to tap into the unknown and upskill ourselves, learn something new. Um, and go along with a, a growth mindset, as you also described a little earlier. Matthias, I can really feel that we could talk for hours, yeah. uh, but um, we're, we've reached already uh, the last question of this um, episode, and I'm very curious about your answer. Um, since you've worked together with so many different leaders and next generation leaders, high potentials, um, different people in different places in the world. Uh, what would be your advice to those people? So those people that dream big, that really um, have a vision out there, but don't really know um, how to do the next step. So um, do you have any advice for them to really um, make an impact and uh, have a difference in the world? Yeah, so... Uh You know, as you say, Aubrey, having uh, having an idea, having a vision, and being courageous. Um, so, so I would say, take on challenges, even if you don't know exactly how to tackle it. Simply start and learn fast forward. So, um, th that's that's one thing, um, and I think also very much related to the, our discussion we had about growth mindset. And in that regard, also don't try to avoid failure. Um, if you fail, this can be an opportunity to learn and do better next time. So, um, you know, looking back also at my own career, um, especially the tough moments are the ones you probably learn the most from. And, and, and looking back into the situations, sometimes maybe tough in the moment, but maybe we should even also celebrate this more. Um, and as Uli saying, you know, that some of the startups are even, you know, proud of, there are also other cultures out there. And I think seeking also out to other cultures, experiencing, doing, you know, early in your career, a lot of different experiences. Um, I th this would be clearly my, my recommendation. And I have to say, I was, I was simply lucky also to meet the right people. Um, and, and, But I think there are two things on the one hand, inspiring them, also thinking about, okay, what's in, what's in for my, for my, you know, for my partners, what's in for the, for the other party and um, also ask for support, seek for support early on. And especially, you know, in that fascinating company that we are in, um, it's, It's amazing. If you ask people for support um, and, and, and the level of, you know, um, positiveness and, and the support that you can get is, is, 
is is amazing. So yeah, ask for help. So that would be my advice. <laughs> In the Siemens family and beyond. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Matthias, that uh, reminded me of um, a lecture, an entrepreneurship mm -hmm. lecture I had um, at uni. And um, there the lecturer, so it was Andy Goldstein from the German Entrepreneurship Center. He said, um, every uh, breakdown is the opportunity for the breakthrough. Because you mentioned yeah. that um, you can really grow through, through those hard times. And that really stuck with me somehow. And uh, just like reminded the... me of that. And with that, Matthias, uh, we've reached the closing, uh, the final, final part of the session. Uh, thanks so much for your time, for the dedication, the passion. I feel uh, very inspired and very energized from this uh, conversation. Um, and, but before we really finish off, we want to play um, our favorite game. It's called Authentic Autocomplete. And I would like to give you for the closing a couple of sentence starters and then would like you uh, to finish them. Matthias, are you ready for the final challenge of this podcast episode? Yes, sure. I'm curious. What's coming? <laughs> okay. Let's start uh, with an easy one. So Siemens is? Siemens is a company with outstanding, talented colleagues uh, committed to constant progress and reinvention to shape a better planet. So that's Yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> Amazing. I totally agree. Leadership is? So leadership is creating positive change. Nice. Like that. Very concise, but to the point. Technology with purpose is? <laughs> um, so we develop technology not just because we can, but because we see the soci societal need. Yeah, yeah agree. One. The digital future of tomorrow is? Empowering firms and entire societies to lead the way to sustainable and promising future. Bold ambitions. Beautiful. And last but not least, if I could change one thing in the world immediately, it would be? That's a difficult one, right? That's indeed a difficult one. Bre bre breaking down those those silos where you have where you where, where you could produce you know losers and winners. Um, I think this is also on the root course to many conflicts that we see currently going on in the world. Um, and I think really. Uh, you know, at a, if 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 I could, what we are doing, if if I could do that on a scale for the entire planet, to create that positive mind, building on the 10%, percent, um, I I guess we would live on an even different planet. There we go. That's a roundup, is that? Thanks for making me think about it. So thanks so much for being open and passionate. You know folks out there uh, and leaders of the future um, you know connect with Matthias on LinkedIn you know tell us what your thought is on AI and thought leadership and stay tuned there's so much to come stay bold committed and open-minded and we're here at the next Siemens AI Lab podcast mm -hmm.